Welcome to the Homeschool High School Podcast, brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I'm Vicki, and I'm so excited to introduce to everybody a new friend. So we get a college professor here today who has some curriculum online for Bible study for our, our homeschoolers. So this is a really cool connection. So, um, so this is John Linshaw. And so, John, would you introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you and how you found the homeschooling? Like, what's your homeschool connection and how'd you get to be a teacher and all that? Great. Well, thank you, Vicki. Appreciate you having me and greetings to all the listeners out there. Um, I have a pretty unique story when it comes to homeschooling. I'll just say that I've been a Bible teacher for the past 25 years in church settings with uh, middle school and high school, college age students, pastoral ministry. I've also um, been a college professor at John Brown University for the past 15 years, where I've taught undergraduate and graduate students um, live and in person, online, and then I've also led uh, semester study abroad programs in uh, Belfast, Northern Ireland, and had a chance to teach and direct that as well. So um, just a little bit. That sounds like fun. Oh, it's great. Um, So um, I have kind of a unique story in that uh, I am not married and don't have uh, children of my own. But I came into homeschooling both through family experience and then uh, experience teaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up um, in, as a high schooler in the 80s and late 90s. And, um, you know, homeschool was, homeschooling was starting to really blossom at that time. And, and I kind of had that typical attitude having gone to a public school that, you know, when I hear about this thing, homeschool, I think, what in the world? That's the idea sounds crazy, and I had some of those some of those preconceived ideas that a lot have had at the time and, mm-hmm. and continue mm-hmm. to have. And um, I just didn't think much of it. I didn't think you'd need that. I, I wasn't really even positive towards um, Christian schools. I thought, you know, if public school is good enough for me. Kind of that attitude. It's good enough for everyone. Mm-hmm. And and so I, I kind of had that that prejudice. And um, it wasn't really until. I got into my um, working on my master's where I had a class in Christian education where we discovered or discussed all aspects of Christian education in the church and outside the church. And we talked about Christian schools and homeschools. And and our professor like opened my eyes to that. And I thought after after spending uh, a couple class periods on it and doing a little research, I thought, wow, this isn't what I thought. And uh, it really Mm -hmm. moved me um, from a negative attitude towards neutral slash positive towards Christian schools and then Mm -hmm. homeschooling as well. And then um, if I kind of move up the time period a little bit, my sister, uh, Lisa, has uh, two children, uh, my niece and nephew, Grayson and Madison. Uh, She lived in Florida um, and began to Uh homeschool. And I went to live in Florida for a while. This is around uh, 2000-ish. And so... She introduced me to homeschool and what it was really all about, what it was like. Uh, she showed me mm-hmm. curriculum, uh, talked about how she structured things, co-ops that mm-hmm. she was involved mm-hmm. in. She brought me to, to to witness and see. And it really uh-huh. changed my attitude towards homeschooling. I thought, mm-hmm. wow, this is incredible, incredible opportunities that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I, I began to be positive about homeschool. And I was because I was really mm-hmm. impressed at what she was doing and what I saw, the results that I saw, you know, just academically and socially, the big argument, everyone says, you know, well, mm-hmm. developed socially. And I saw them with their peers 
and then with older people, they they just had a maturity mm-hmm. about them that really impressed me. So I I really it changed my attitude and idea about homeschooling. And and again, moving ahead a few years, I started teaching at John Brown University, where I began to uh, receive homeschoolers into my classes, Old and New Testament survey. I was teaching youth ministry mm-hmm. classes, Bible classes, and I began to see their academic work and uh, to interact with them, ask them questions about their experience. And again, it, I really, uh, especially as I saw more and more what was happening um, in schools in general, I really was impressed with with what I saw. Um, I saw, you know, just their, their ability um, and their desire, self-starters, and really uh, having a love for learning that I didn't see with everybody. And these are some generalizations, obviously, but yeah. I began to yeah. see that a lot. And that really caught my eye as, as a professor. And then a couple more years and, and my niece and nephew get into high school. And my sister asked me, would I consider doing the Bible classes that I do with them? And uh, I uh-huh. never really thought about that, anything like that. And uh-huh. I thought, yeah, I could do that. I was, wasn't in Florida anymore. And um, so we did some online work and then when I'd come to visit and, and I modified, um, the things that I did in, in the university for them. And I really enjoyed that experience. Um, mm-hmm. and that's really what got me to the vertical Academy, which I'll talk about later, but that's, um, when I began really to, um, develop curriculum for them. And, and I began to see that, you know, homeschooling is, is all about, um, I heard somebody use the term one time, parent-directed education. And, mm-hmm. and I, I like that because, you know, my sister didn't teach everything, but found the co-ops and the curriculum. Mm-hmm. And, and as you, you know, mm-hmm. encourage and empower high school people with seven sisters homeschool, it's, you provide eBooks and you provide the curriculum. And so mm-hmm. there's, there's, there are resources out there and that's why I've developed yeah. some. And, and they just, again, open my eyes to education and, um, so that's really how yeah. I got into homeschooling. And you've you've been teaching now at John Brown University for fifteen, 15 years, years yeah. I think you said. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So rabbit trail for just a second. So when I first heard you were teaching at John Brown University, I thought, oh, you mean the old John Brown from from history class. So and then I went to the website and go like, oh, not the same. So tell us a little bit about how John Brown University got its name. Sure. Uh, Yes, that's what a lot of people think. And I have to to explain along the way. Uh, But it's it came from uh, a fellow in the um, early part of the 20th century who was an evangelist. And he mm. really started a trade school initially, which developed into a college and oh. university at a heart for learning and, oh. and educating and equipping um, young people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was around 1919 when it started, um, just celebrated our 100th year two years ago. And, wow. and so it's, a, uh, it's an evangelical institution, uh, liberal arts college uh, that offers mm-hmm. a, a host of majors from education to biblical studies to nursing, which is a pretty popular program, digital media, all kinds of avenues and opportunities for students to to get a education and a Christian ethos and then take what they've learned um, and their relationship with God and go out to different places and impact the world. That's really cool. All right. So one of the things that you and I had chatted about sharing with our listeners is some tips for doing well at college, some yeah. success tips. So 
Um, you've been teaching in the college level long enough that you've seen things that haven't worked well and things that have worked well. So what is some yeah. advice that you could give our young listeners? Yeah, so um, I think, um, first of all, taking in the the things that they've learned in their high school uh, opportunity mm-hmm. and homeschool. Um, I hope um, homeschool parents are encouraged that, again, a lot of the things I see being responsible, um, taking mm-hmm. initiative, being a self-starter, mm-hmm. organization, all those things that they strive to um, create in the homeschool environment. Um, and as their students receive that, take the, I encourage students to take those things and use them in the classroom. Mm-hmm. I would say mm-hmm. that I, I like to think about a class, a college class, as a relationship. It's, a, it's, a, it's mm-hmm. got multiple aspects to it, but it's a, ser- it's a series and connections of relationships and uh, relationships just like human interaction relationships Mm -hmm. um they take time they take effort Mm -hmm. and you get out of Mm -hmm. them what you put into them and i break down Mm -hmm. a class into four aspects or four relationships Uh, the first relationship that you have in a class in college whether it be general ed it's not just my class a bible class but whatever it might be I, i think these principles apply your best friend in the class is your syllabus. Oh, oh, say that one more time. <laughs> your best friend in a college class is your syllabus. And you need to treat this syllabus as your best friend. You need to spend mm. time with it. You need to read it, whether your professor does or not. Some professors might read it in class. Some still might pass out hard copies. Some put them on learning formats like a Blackboard or Moodle mm-hmm. or something that's out there now, but I encourage mm-hmm. students to read it. Take the time to read it and to understand it. Um, and I talk mm-hmm. about syllabus, I also mean your course calendar. Those may be the same document, they may be separate documents, but you've got to know what the semester looks like. You've got to be able to see the big picture. And that includes yeah. like seeing your books and reading learning objectives. And I know it may sound kind of boring and tedious, Again, you may go over it in class, but know what you're going to learn and take the yes, initiative yes, to, yes. to learn that. That's why they're listed yes. there. Also with, with the syllabus, you know, know when things are due. Yes. Put it on your calendar in advance. Like, And I encourage yes. homeschool parents to help their students develop those organizational skills as soon as possible in mm-hmm. high school. Let them mm-hmm. take some initiative for some planning of the, mm-hmm. of the class. Maybe even work mm-hmm. together to put together a syllabus for your homeschool class. Do it together. Yeah. And um, yeah. just as much as that you can pass on to your student and let them take the initiative, I encourage mm-hmm. um, parents to do that. So, so the syllabus is your best friend. Know how much, yeah. know when things are due. Know how much they're worth. Know policies and procedures yeah. of the class. That's really mm-hmm. important. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're... you're other or second relationship is with the professor. But I want to know as a professor, you've spent time with your best friend. When you ask me a question that's there that your best (laughs) friend could have told you, then I want to send you back to your best friend and say, you guys Mm -hmm. need to spend some more time and get reacquainted. I love to Mm -hmm. help and to ask questions if you need clarification for assignments or any aspect of the class, if you have questions, 
but if if the material's there, um, and mm-hmm. and I get those those emails asking questions that I know that a person has not, they've not looked at their syllabus, yeah. they've not even looked yeah. at it, they've not even said hello, um, and yeah. they've not done some <laughs> of the maybe the other aspects, not read about the assignment, looked at the course mm-hmm. calendar, those kinds of things. Um, so again, yeah. best friend syllabus, then. Your, your professor is also your friend. Um, most professors mm-hmm. are there to help students. We're not there to punish mm-hmm. and to keep people from passing. Uh, the majority of mm-hmm. we want to help students succeed and do well. And that's what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, so I encourage um, students to take advantage of professors, not in a bad way, mm-hmm. but um, no, mm-hmm. you know, send emails that are, that are succinct, mm-hmm. that state the case and, Check mm-hmm. your own email for responses. I'm happy to email. I'm mm-hmm. happy to meet with students. Know a professor's office hours and be respectful of their time. You know, yes. waiting for them after class, they may be able to answer that question, but they may be going across campus to another class. Yeah. And you need yeah. to just be respectful of that and know, all right, I may have to look at my schedule, mm-hmm. find a time when I can go back and meet with the professor and get that question or issue answered. So one of the things we have noticed with our students is they very often don't want to bother their professor. And so we are always telling kids when they go off to college, Uh visit their professor during office hours. Like they usually don't resent it. They usually like to get to know their students and know that students are interested in the course. So is that how it feels to a real teacher? Absolutely. You like that? I I want students Mm -hmm. to come by, um, that's that's mm-hmm. why I have office hours. That's why I make myself mm-hmm. available to students. And that, you know, when when it, it's good, especially if it's a larger class, to get to know a student, to mm-hmm. have that again mm-hmm. that relationship aspect. Now we're talking about with a person. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that's important. It's important that the professor know who you are and you know them and know a little context for everything that takes place throughout the semester. So I I couldn't encourage that enough to take advantage of that. Very good. So what's the next relationship? Um, so third relationship, or third and fourth, um, not in any particular order, but the class content and the class itself, you have a relationship with. Mm. That means books. Mm. That means um, lectures mm. and videos and discussions and everything that takes place. And again, take advantage of um, the time that you have. Use it um, mm-hmm. to your um, advantage. And um, again, with assignments, with discussions, with anything that involves the class content, I encourage students mm-hmm. to, again, take that initiative. And it's amazing mm-hmm. what you can learn. And I, especially if you've had a relationship, to continue with this analogy, that was, uh-huh. a, that was bad in the past, like in high school, whatever the class was, mm-hmm. maybe it was math, mm-hmm. maybe it was history, maybe it was, if you've had a bad relationship in the past, <laughs> know that these are different people. And so you could find out awesome. that you really like math. You really like history. You really like Bible. You really enjoy, and especially if it's your major. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't mm-hmm. like those classes, then you need to meet with your advisor and be talking about, yeah. uh, that's another conversation. <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah. really, I encouraged uh, students in that mm-hmm. and so focusing on the on the class content and taking that initiative and seeing what you can learn 
through the different projects and assignments that you mm-hmm. that you have along the way and, and treat them as opportunities for learning. I say that even in a Bible mm-hmm. class. I have I give assignments and I also teach a class in, in Christian formation. This could be something that mm. even though it's an assignment, it can really help mm-hmm. benefit your spiritual walk and your relationship with God oh, yeah. if you treat it like yeah. that and see that as yeah. as that. So I, I encourage that as well. Yeah. More like a relationship than just a class. Oh, I have to do this. If you're looking for something that is personally enriching, yes. it will it will go even if it's something you you already heard that Bible story, but it can be a relational thing. Exactly. I, I love that analogy. Yes. Yeah. And, and yeah. again, even thinking you, you might know something, you're going to hear it from a different perspective and you're going to get a mm-hmm. broader picture that really can be mm-hmm. to your advantage. And I know that some of these things that I say, some classes, it'll be easier to have that relationship than others because of various things. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's not easy. It does take work and some days are better than others. Um, the last relationship that I, I think it's important is is you, with your peers in class. Get to know your peers. Mm. Um, you could end up having to do discussions and group assignments um, with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so get to know mm-hmm. them. Build those relationships. If you miss a class, you may need notes or, or to find out yes. things. So it, it's really important mm-hmm. to, to develop those relationships um, with your classmates. And, and you really can, can mm-hmm. benefit from that. Um, benefit from their learning, hearing about their learning process and, and dialoguing about that mm-hmm. and, and realizing that they can teach some things as, as well and to take advantage yes. of that. I didn't always do that yeah. as a student. Sometimes a student have a question. I thought, oh, no, you know, or I, I paid to hear the professor. <laughs> well, that's that's true and it's not true. You know, you can benefit. And I, I developed that and saw mm-hmm. that more in grad school that I began to as I as I began to hear and listen to people with different experiences and and to see how they were seeing things, it, it, I think, really helped me in the process in my education. Yeah. Um, so I encourage students in that. So your relationships, yeah. best friends, your syllabus, your professor is really important. Mm-hmm. And um, class content and treating the class, just some basics that I didn't say, but things like, um, again, you get out what you put in, get to class on time. Mm-hmm. There, there's nothing to me, well, maybe that's an exaggeration, but you know, for a professor and for students, if you're coming five to 10 minutes late to class, mm-hmm. it's, it's distracting. Um, and it, mm-hmm. it's a, it says something, whether you mean to or not, about yes. how yes. how important you see this class um, and your yeah. this relationship. Um, mm-hmm. Not leaving early, not, there's, there's <laughs> nothing more frustrating. Well, again, these two things, getting there late, and you trying to yeah. tell me that you're done five minutes before, because I've still got five minutes. So I want to I take know, advantage right? of that. Yeah. So um, just be, keep in mind of those little things as well are, are important in the yeah. classroom situation. And then the fourth relationship, your students and peers in the class. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Really practical is, you know, come to class and get there early enough so that you get a decent seat and you're settled when the teacher starts. And then one of my kids somewhere along the line was telling me in college that he noticed that, that a lot of students will start closing up their books and laptops and everything five minutes before the end of class. But the ones that actually 
get a connection with the teacher and their peers actually wait till the teacher's done to close their laptops and books and Mm -hmm. things like it's a showing respect, but also attentiveness and willingness to connect and all just, just leave everything up till the class is done and then smile at people on the way out. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so helpful. And I love that relationship analogy. Like when you think about learning at, at college level as a relational event, you know, that and all the way from syllabus to, you know, classroom setting, it really helps the brain, I think, to to make the connection of how important each of those things are. Right. So thank you. All right. So I am so curious about um, how you got from a college professor to creating a homeschool online Bible curriculum. So tell us a little bit about Vertical Academy. Yeah. So the verticalacademy.com is a website that I have that provides what I began to, as I, like, as I said, my experience with my niece and nephew and, um, Mm -hmm. and just seeing students, even homeschool, not homeschool, um, biblical literacy is, is definitely, I think, an issue within the church in a lot of avenues and ways. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I want, so students coming in that I see, it's a Christian university, but some students aren't even going on to a Christian university. And that's fine too. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to provide them with uh, a look and an understanding of the Bible, a biblical worldview. I, I think it's so important, especially mm-hmm. nowadays, that we establish a biblical worldview and understanding of the world we see grounded in Scripture, because that is the truth. And mm-hmm. so that's how we know God and experience Him. And so I created these classes from the classes that I did at uh, JBU that are called Journey Through the Old Testament, Journey Through the New Testament. And uh, I want students, I think it's important uh, to see the big picture and to see how things fit together in the Old Testament. Again, as you've said, maybe you've heard the story, but it wasn't until I was in an Old Testament class my freshman year mm-hmm. that I actually saw how things fit together. I, yeah, I grew up yes. in the church and I went yeah. to Sunday school and youth mm-hmm. group and heard the stories. But I didn't know how things fit together. I didn't see God's yeah. big picture and his plan. And so I think a yeah. course, the course that I try to put together is a class that, that helps you see from how, how the big picture fits together. And to see, looking at things, I think it's really important to look at things in their original context, the historical, cultural context, understand mm-hmm. that because mm-hmm. that helps us understand how do we live this out and apply this to our life today and if we don't know what it meant back then and how they would have understood it we really can't i think do justice to the truth of god's word we end up adding and twisting and turning and doing all these different things if we focus on application first so i i try to mm-hmm. in a fun way try to help students see the big picture to see the history, and to see how it applies. And I do that with videos, with readings, reading assignments, questions. Um, I give assignments. Um, and again, you get out of it what you put in. And it's teacher-supported. Mm-hmm. So I work with each student as much as you want to be worked with. I go through the assignments, give you my feedback on the writing and completing of the assignment. I give feedback, and I help students with any questions like that. Um, that they might have just Bible questions along the way. And that's another thing that helped me to develop this was just talking to my sister and, and seeing that um, 
just a, a lot of parents feeling the need to help their students, maybe not feeling like you can in a lot of areas, that you can help them in this way. And what a great opportunity to find something that can help them. Mm-hmm. Uh, she also would give out my email and I've answered a lot of Bible questions, which I'm <laughs> happy to do and love to do. Um, yeah. I'm not an expert, but I've studied the Bible 13 years formally and taught it for over 25 mm-hmm. and and I have a love and passion mm-hmm. for God's word, and I want others to have that too. Yeah. And I don't, you can't be too young to have that, and you can't be too old. Yeah. It's important for me at all ages and stages of life, but obviously focusing on homeschool, that people have a passion and understanding for God's word. And that's what the Vertical Academy is about. Yeah. Got those two courses, yeah. and I'm working on a course in just basic foundations of the faith a worldview class yeah. and a class on apologetics that I taught at a Christian school too, that again, I think they're tools that we need now more than ever today. Well, one of, one of the most fun things to do is to learn from somebody who's passionate about what they're teaching. Yeah. It is, it's, it, it makes the curriculum come alive. And I know that having an online format is so good for mm-hmm. folks these days. Like the young folks love that. So we will make sure there are links in the show notes to the Vertical Academy and to John Brown University, because that's really cool. I just add this, that um, uh, I'm also putting out more and more content, again, with the help of my sister. Mm-hmm. I've got a mini course coming that's free um, for parents that are just considering college. Ah. And what does that look like? What are some questions that they should ask? So a mini course will be available and I'm doing videos that offer these tips as well that'll be coming on the yeah. site because again I want to do the the biblical curriculum but I want to help parents mm-hmm. I want to help them those that are considering college yeah. and helping students for uh, academic classroom success um, and I also do a blog and yeah. there's a link on that too where I go through passages of the Bible and get to see how I see it well, when you come up with your mini course, when it goes live, let me know. We'll have to have you back on the podcast and you can share some about that too. That sounds great. That's useful, useful info. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you, John, for joining us today. Thanks, Vicki. I appreciate you having me. So this has been the Homeschool High School Podcast brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. We will see you next week. Mm-hmm.